Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now here are your hosts, Justin Strong and Ryan Nelson. Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I'm Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, Yes Chef, Ryan Nelson. Justin, or shall I say Chef, (laughs) if a family member leaves you a bunch of tomato cans, open them immediately. Always open them immediately. And who knows how many can, how many wads of cash you will find in those in those cans of tomatoes? That would be something to, to behold, to say the least. Yeah, <laughs> if you've been listening to the podcast since we started a few months ago, thank you for continuing to listen to us and making us a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope that you enjoy it as we talk about the Bears on Hulu, starring Jeremy Allen White. If you are new or regular and would like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Go to Patreon.com/slash Main attraction podcast and you can get patreon only content you can support us at a three five ten or twenty dollar level when you join up we'll shout you out here on the show if you can't be a patron you can help the show out by rating us on spotify and apple Podcasts. leave us a five-star rating and if you have time write us a review while you're over there on apple Podcasts. if you do write a review on apple Podcasts, we'll read it on air next time we record both of those things go a long way in getting the ears and the show into the ears of new listeners. And we would really appreciate it if you could just help us out, especially if you're on Apple and just scroll on down and click on that little five star button for us. It would help us out a whole lot. All right. The Bear, it is was on Hulu. It released at the end of June. They dropped all eight episodes at once. It was it was a good show. I enjoyed it. What were your overall thoughts on The Bear? Uh, I loved it. Uh, it had been getting so much buzz. I decided to check it out and I had read where people had said it was like this year's Ted Lasso. And once you start watching it, you don't really see it, but then you start getting it. And, but I think what happens is it hooks you in like Ted Lasso and it stays with you for a very long time. This is a show that I still keep thinking about, uh, you know, what, what I saw in, in processing it. And it's the last show that we've watched. Uh, maybe station 11 is the last one that I just really thought about a long mm-hmm. time afterwards that, uh, you know, there's just so much in the show there is to like, and it has one of the best finales I've seen in a long time. Well, station 11 too, maybe. Yeah. It's a good show. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's a tough show to get through. If you've been in a, type of a work situation like this this show is it's about a lot of things it's about trauma it's about work environments it's about relationships it's about dealing with uh, loss in your life uh, there's a lot of things that it goes through uh, look i work in a similar type of job that this job is a chef is the type of job where you plan to make a difference when you go into it you know you want to when you get into being when you're going to be a chef you want to you get into it thinking i'm going to you know change the world i'm going to you know rise above the fray because 
and kitchen environments are so are known for how difficult they can be with how high stress they can be and how hard it can be to work in those types of environments because people are yelling at each other. There's so much tension because especially like on the weekends and on busy nights and busy times of the day, there's just so much going on. There's so much chaos and it's a, can be a difficult place to work. I'm a teacher. Uh, you know, when I, I, when I became a teacher, you know, I was, I was just like Sydney was in this. I want to change the world. I want to walk into that classroom. I'm going to, you know, change the hearts and minds of these children that I'm working with. And I'm going to make the world a better place. And, you know, you, you plan to do all these things. Uh, you know, when you become first become a lawyer, I know a lot of people, you know, they want to make money. But, you know, when they become a lawyer, they want to help people. They want to win cases. They want to, you know, be they want to fight for the little guy. Uh, there's all these ty different types of professions that do this type of thing. And when you start to kind of get into it and you really f get into the profession itself, it can beat you down and it can be, you know, a soul sucking type thing. So, uh, you know, I've related to this show quite a bit, just being being a teacher, because I could see like, look, the chef and the kitchen, that's just the way in which this show is served to you, keeping in line with the food thing. But it's about a whole lot more than just the food or 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 the or the restaurant. There's a lot more to it than that. Yeah. And I and I. I, I uh, like understood it too because like if you have a really toxic person on your on your work staff on your work team or if you play a sport like Richie right. is they can infect everything and take yeah. you down and that, I thought this did a very great uh, job of showing just the damage that a really toxic person you know can do to the whole process because what I loved is. You know, in the second and third episode, you start seeing people buying in to what Carmi is doing. Right. Especially uh, Marcus, especially. Yes. You know, this was a guy that was just kind of in the back, came here from McDonald's. Right. And all of a sudden found out, hey, I love making desserts. And yes. I want to be the best dessert maker I can. And so, like, he's inspired. And even, you know, uh, other people, uh, uh, Tina starts carrying on the whole team starts right. saying you know this makes sense this process that carmy has and and that was you know a fun to watch and that's one of the things that if you're a good leader and you have a good plan you can get people to buy in but you have to have a good plan stick to it oh and also don't scream at everyone and start <laughs> throwing throwing their donuts down that's All right lose everyone uh, so this show, we'll just kind of get into it a little bit. And we're not going to go episode by episode. There's eight episodes in it, so we don't. I don't want to walk through every single episode. I do want to talk about just some of the big stuff that's in this because we could talk for two, three hours about this show if we went episode by episode. But it's led by Jeremy Allen White, who is the star of the show. I, I did you see Shameless? I never saw it. I never saw Shameless, but I actually saw him in the movie The Rental. That actually the showrunner. And creator Chris Storer was a writer on. It was a movie that Dave Franco actually wrote uh, and directed. And Allison Brie is the star, uh, along with Jeremy Allen White, is one of the stars. So I had seen him in that. I had never seen Shameless. Okay, I, I, I had not seen it either. This, but this was I hadn't seen any of his stuff prior to this. So this was my first introduction to him. I knew who he was, but uh, I'd never had seen anything in him. He's just this very interesting character. He's got this very interesting look. Well, just a little behind the scenes. Ryan and I had started recording this earlier, and then uh, the Zoom was, was not cooperating. And I asked you, you know, kind of would you describe his look? You described it as kind of like, he kind of looks like he's kind of high most of the time. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah really drugged out 
guy. Yeah, that's what he looks like. I don't think that's the case. Maybe he is, maybe he is, and I don't know. But uh, he's just got this really interesting look. He, look, he's an attractive man. There's a lot of attractive people in this show, but it's like we were talking about earlier. You know, there's there's no sex in the show. It's not even it's not presented as sexy at all. Uh, and you got some some you know some some attractive people in this. And I thought it was a really refreshing take to not incorporate any sexuality in the show that you probably could. Yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed that as well, and. Uh, also, I know Jeremy Allen White is getting a lot of love from uh, men and women who find <laughs> him attractive. And like I, I was, uh, I noticed that like several women were like, "I've quit toxic men like you. Why are you coming <laughs> back into my life?" Uh, what's interesting about this show is the how he has approached his approach to his brother in, the, in this restaurant. So. The, the Jeremy Allen White's character, Carmi, he is coming to the original Beef of Chicago from the French Laundry in New York, which is one of the greatest restaurants in the world. He has a very tortured relationship with this because he's grieving the fact that his brother has, has killed himself and he's grieving that loss. But he also has this chip on his shoulder like he wants to prove to his brother, even though he's not here anymore, that he was capable of working in this restaurant. And, you know, the reason why he went off and became one of the greatest chefs in the world is because his brother wouldn't let him work there. But he's always wanted to prove to him that he could do it. And he just, his brother just wouldn't ever let him. And he's like I said, he's, he, well, he's, he's grieving, but he also has this resentment. And so he's dealing with a lot of stuff all at the same time. And I think that's one of the things that just makes Jeremy Allen White's character, Carmi, just so intriguing. Yeah, I agree with you, and he's just a great actor because he—you could just see that he has the weight of the world on his shoulders. You yes, could just you just feel it. Yeah, you a hundred percent feel it while you're watching him perform and interacting with everybody. So he's got the, the very first episode. We we meet the bear. We meet Jeremy Bear's auto, uh, not Jeremy Bear's auto, Carmen Bear's auto. And one of the first characters we're introduced to is Sydney, who is played by Ayo Edabiri, I think. And as you mentioned earlier, she is in comedy and she's funny in this, but it's such a different type of, of humor. It's like this is this show does have its, its funny moments, but it also it's it's really gritty at times. Uh, but I liked her character just because everything she was was so just matter of the fact. Yeah. Yeah. I loved her character. And she was she was a young person who wanted to change the world and say, we can do this differently. Yes. She just didn't have enough experience right. to know what wouldn't work and wouldn't, you know, what would work, what didn't work. And it's, I was kind of surprised to find out she was a stand-up because she was so good as an actress. I, I would have thought she was a theater person. Yeah. I, I kind of would have thought that as well, because she is, she's very good as an actress and she's very young looking, but I yeah. think she's like, she's like 28 years old though. Like, yeah. I would have yeah, assumed like she was like, you know, straight out of high school or something like that when, when just the way she she looks while she's on screen. Uh, so either doing a really good job of aging her down or she just has right. a really young look, one of the two. Pro probably a little of both. And I want to mention if you go see her stand up show after watching what she did to Richie at episode seven, I would not heckle her. <laughs> exactly. You don't want to get in her way to say the least. Uh, but you know, Richie is the one that is in this show that is 
he's kind of the, I mean, there is no true antagonist, but if you want to give an antagonist to anybody, you, you have to give it to Richie because Richie just wants to do things the way they've always done them and to keep doing the things the way that his brother did them the entire, uh, the entire life or cousin, as he always calls yes. them. Uh, even though they're not actually cousins. Uh, but Richie is the one, like I said, he is the one kind of driving everybody down. As soon as any time that Carmi introduces or wants to implement something that's not the way they've done it, anytime that Sydney wants to implement something that's not the way they've done it, he is the roadblock to those because he doesn't want to do that. He wants to, you know, keep doing things that way they always have because it's it's worked. But, you know, as we see as as Carmi is looking at the books and he's looking at all this other stuff. It's really not working, and that's kind of the point that Carmi is trying to get, but Richie just doesn't seem to want to buy. No, Richie has this fairy tale that this was a very successful place, and it right. was perfect the way it was, and it, and it wasn't, especially towards the end. It sounds like it was an absolute nightmare, uh, but, you know, anytime things start going well with the bear, as we saw and the as the episodes went on, Richie was even getting more like angrier that he he had to do something to to break up break it up yeah and he's always richie throughout the course of the show he's always he seems to always have a grudge against uh against carmy and against sydney and he he is the one who is always getting there because the other staff like you said earlier was you know they slowly start to buy in. You have some guys who buy into it a lot earlier than others. Uh, you've got some who take a little bit longer. To me, the turning point of the entire show, and I don't remember what episode it was, but it was when Tina and Sydney have that moment where Tina has given uh, Sydney has given Tina some task that she doesn't want to do, and when Tina actually does it and she gives it to Sydney and she tastes it and. Uh, Sydney tells her that it's really, really good or it tastes great or something along those lines. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it like just opened up Tina's eyes like, oh, well, this person does will respect me if I, you know, do what I'm asked to do and actually, you know, actually cook the things that they want me to do and do it the way they want me to. It kind of opened up her eyes. I thought that was a big turning point because she was one of the biggest roadblocks as well for a, a decent portion of the show. Yeah, that felt like that was maybe the fourth episode, but I'm with you. And Tina was fantastic. I loved yeah, her. Was. And it took me a while, and I saw this was tweeted by the Bear Twitter. I thought she was calling Carmi Jeff, but that was like her <laughs> pronunciation of Chef. Yes, uh, her pronunciation so, of Chef. But I was like, I kept, I, I went, at one point I went like, is his name Carmen Jeff? And then I realized, oh, she's saying Chef. But what a great character. And like you said, Watching her being conniving in the first couple of episodes was actually kind of fun. Yeah, it was. It's like mm-hmm. watching her not buy in. But then, like you said, when you see her buying in, and she has a big uh, moment with Richie where she's like, hey, you need to get in line because yeah. things are a lot better. And he's like, well, maybe I'll quit. And she's like, where are you going to go? <laughs> exactly. Uh, just really good stuff from all of them. Um, one of my favorite characters that we don't see a whole lot is Uncle Jimmy, played by the great Oliver Platt. Oh, man, he was so good. You know, the last two, this and the last show that we covered that had a mobster in it was the Batman. And, you know, I'm, I'm having to rethink my take on mobsters because they seem so charming and delightful. <laughs> Well, that's how they get you hooked in. Where they, then, it is. Then they're never going to let you go. Exactly. I mean, because he's just so extremely polite and nice yeah. to them. And uh, my favorite, my favorite scene of this entire season would be the scene where they're at the birthday party and the Xanax gets put into yeah. 
the, the lemonade and all the kids passed out. Uh, and, and Oliver Platt's character, Uncle Jimmy, says, you know, because uh, Carmen tells me, you know, uh, I know you're going to want to kill me, but uh, if we put Xanax in this, and Uncle Jimmy's like, you know what? I kind of like this. This is nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, there was also a funny, like, the scene before that, because, like, that was where Rich, Richie and uh, Carmen were really not getting along. And then, like, uh, you know, Uncle... Uh, the uncle tries to calm them down because they all badmouth Pete, uh, Sugar's husband. Yes. They all hate him. They, and they think he may be a narc. <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, speaking of Sugar, she's played by Abby Elliott. I've seen her in other stuff. I can't tell you. She was on Saturday Live. And oh, she is the daughter of Chris Elliott, if you know him. From oh, yeah. Comedian Shits Creek is where yeah. most people would know him from. That's his daughter. Okay, I didn't realize that. But she's she's provides an interesting perspective in this because she is she's she's the sister of Carmi and obviously we talked about his uh, her uh, her husband a second ago but she's the sister and you know she's she's experiencing the grief and the loss as well but she's not tied to the restaurant but she kind of is because apparently she uh, the brother convinced uh, John Barenthal's character convinced her to sign on excuse me and be a a co-owner in this and now her house is you know on the chopping block because they didn't pay the taxes so she has got a lot of stake in this and i thought i thought her character was good uh and i thought it really provided it always made it always gave carmy a you know kind of a what's the word i'm looking for a not an or or steering something just it's a guiding light i guess yeah uh, yeah kind of keep him on focus to keep him on task for what he was trying to do yeah, and I and I listened to a podcast with with one of the writers who actually makes a lot of sense. She wrote on Hacks season one and two. Yeah, so yeah. it was like, of course, you could see the similarities on those shows. But uh, she was saying that Sugar had actually had a bigger role. That there was a lot more family stuff at, at their house that they had to cut. Oh, really? And but they're hoping to, you know, in season two expand more and her have a bigger part but yeah you could see that uh, she was really good like you said to have that reminder hey you know you, you need to you need to grieve yeah you do uh and that's one thing that she's there for and that's one thing she does a really good job of uh let's just talk about favorite scenes what's what's some of your favorite scenes from this first season hmm. uh well we need to mention i loved uh uh feck uh, Feck, uh, Feck, Feck was the uh, the guy that the the uh, electrician. Oh yes, yes, I liked him. Yes, I, yeah, and he's an actual cook. He was brought on as a uh, he's a famous chef in Canada. Does a lot of reality shows, okay. but I, I, I love any of the scenes that him and Richie had where right. they would just get into it. Yes, and they had that fight. Good. They had that fight uh, where where they. Uh, they have that huge fight, and that's where we find out Richie is a drug dealer. I really like that scene, and yeah. I really like the. Uh, uh, I believe the game was Ball Breaker. Yes, Ball Breakers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where where they had all those people come in to to play Ball Breaker. Yeah, that was like uh, the very first episode. I like yeah. that one. Uh, yeah, because I like that because you had Richie who goes out on the on the on the megaphone and like just like is just ripping them a new one because he's he's pretty convinced they're going to tear the whole place up. And they probably yeah. were. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I like that a lot. I love the scene. 
uh, probably in episode five or six. I don't remember which one it was where you've got the guys who are about to start fighting out on out in front oh, yeah. of the, the store, uh, out in front of the restaurant. And Sydney ends up going out and basically breaking them up and finding a solution for their problems. Uh, I liked that. It just It just goes to show that Sydney always has plans and she always has ideas. And I think that that just it was, you know, she needs room and she, she has a lot of ideas. She has things that she wants to implement and she's going to be good at it, but she still needs time. And I think that's kind of one that, that the big thing that uh, Carmi wants her to understand when he, when she prepares that risotto, she tells, he tells her it's really good. It's excellent. But he also says it's not ready, even though it's really good. It's still not ready. And I think that's kind of the overarching theme for Sydney in general is, yeah, she's really good. She's going to be great, but she's still not ready yet. Right. And I'll tell you what I loved. I loved just watching them prepare the beef. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like, it looks so good, too. And just <laughs> and just watching the whole process. And I saw where uh, Io and Jeremy Allen White went through, like, chef school. I did and, and they sent them to, like, famous restaurants to work. So they had an idea. Because they did not use stunt people. That's actually them, you know, doing the process. So that's... Right extremely oppressive also i loved uh richie the way that he would work like the front the front uh counter right because if you ever go to a local restaurant there usually is a guy like him that will smart off to everybody but for some reason he's still kind of likable yes he is. and you mm-hmm. and you get into it with him but you still keep coming back right but, like, <laughs> There's just this way of having it where he's he's in he gets into you, but you still don't mind it. And like I said, he he can he can tote that line where he's where he doesn't make people mad, but they're like, oh yeah, I like that guy. I'll come back to let right. him insult me some more. But so <laughs> he really did a good job of showing that part. One of the interesting, most interesting scenes I thought was the scene where they reveal to us who Mikey was, and we get John Bernthal yeah. as as Mikey, I was not expecting, I didn't, I wasn't sure if we would ever actually see him, but when we get him in this flashback, I was really not expecting John Bernthal. what do you think about John Bernthal? Sean, I'm getting this one. Love John Bernthal. Huge, yes. huge fan of his. Uh, I haven't watched. We own the city that just came on HBO max. Uh, it's supposed to be maybe his best role, but he, huge fan of his. I had accidentally seen on IMDb that he was his part. And I was really? like, Oh man. And so I, I told my wife, I was like, don't look on IMDV. And I, and I had a friend watching it because it, it was so much better when you see that it's Bernthal. And especially when you had heard the stories that like everyone loved Mikey, everyone loved him. And right. when you, when, when, when Bernthal tells the story of, of the Bill Murray, uh, right. uh encounter, I, it was just, you could just see what, how the man owns a room. And I love how Richie, it tries goes back to, to Rich t- tries mm-hmm. to tell the story on a date. And it just doesn't come across. <laughs> yeah. And the girl is like, why were you out at 645 AM? <laughs> exactly. It's like, so the date was over. But I just <laughs> love that. Uh, like, like you said, having Bernthal in there and especially the ending where you see when, when they've got the money and you just see Bernthal smiling, it's yes. uh, they, they just uh, flashback to that, man. What a perfect person to have in this. Yeah, he was good. And like I said, it was, you know, he's not in it a lot, but he's in it just enough to really give that presence and that gravitas that that probably that role that probably needed. So I was really impressed by it. The, the episode that has everybody talking, obviously, is episode seven. It was a one shot episode. 
they did this they they shot it five times but it, it's a one shot what i mean by that or one take episode where they don't there are no breaks the, the you just go from beginning to end there's there's no cuts there's no stops this is the way that the it's shot there's been a few other shows that have done this in the past but basically that entire like 20 25 minute show 25 minute episode it is all shot continuously they don't stop for anything uh do you think was this do you think this is a creative move is this something that they just want to do to show off because lots of times when people when tv makers or producers directors do this type of stuff they're just really trying to show off what do you think of this episode episode seven well i thought it was incredible and i liked it because it took the anxiety and and just the anxiousness up even oh, more gosh, yes. i was so I, like I, yeah. I was like just like shaking it because that was one of the most nerve wracking episodes. Yes. There's just so much intensity. There's just so much chaos going on. And it all starts with, you know, it's kind of building. It's It starts with this review that has been submitted to this paper. And the problem is, you know, they've got this good review, which is, you know, you would think they'd be happy about it, but also that creates pressure when you have a good review. But the other issue is Sydney, when she created that risotto, she didn't want it to go to waste, so she just gave it to a customer, not realizing that that is was a food critic, and that food critic has put that dish in the review, so now everybody's going to want it. Plus, they've got this uh, to-go system they're implementing, and uh, Sydney screwed up when she implemented it because she got to turn off pre-orders. Like I said, it was a great episode, but oh my gosh, it was hard to watch. It was, and you could tell when the minute when they told Carmen that those good reviews that he this was the breaking point for him right that he was going to blow up and then you had richie who could feel it as well so he decides to join in on the chaos right and then and then you have uh her, you know richie and sydney get into it uh I, the stabbing scene was just funny, <laughs> especially like, with, I've got stabbed. yeah, yeah. Like he was, he was just like, Oh, I got stabbed. But then like the way he, uh, reenacted, like how close she was to doing damage to it, right. <laughs> uh, to really do a damage to yes. it. And how, how, how horrible that would be to him. That was funny. And then, you know, you felt bad for Marcus, but he, was not doing his job. He right, had gotten right. so fixed in on, and on the, uh, on the donut. So that was just, you know, if he had just stuck with his job, you could you could just feel it all bowling, and everyone wasn't doing their job right. uh, like they were supposed to, and it, it was just a disaster. But I, I I thought, like I said, I understand what you're saying about some people get creative, and sometimes it doesn't work. I think it worked here because yeah, I did too. It, it took. It took the nerves up to a to ten to, or to eleven if you've if you've watched Spinal Tap. Yeah, I mean, if you when you're watching this show, I mean, normally with a, a show like this, you would get a commercial break because uh, I've got Hulu and uh, you can get an ad free version yeah. of Hulu. But I don't I don't have that free version of Hulu, but you can. But lots of times there's a, a commercial break to kind of you know give you a break from that tension. But you don't get it in this episode because they're doing a one they're doing a one take, and it's just constant, just you know one thing after another just piling on top of each other it just ends up going the tension and the stress just grows exponentially and you're just by the time you get to the end of it you feel like sydney does who just ends up quitting and walking off the job you know right there you you can feel that resentment and that tension from her because you feel it yourself yeah and you know carmy knows he's screwed up yeah he does because like he and me looks bad and then he eats the cupcake 
And he just has this look on his face like, damn, that's good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like so there's so many there's so many interesting things that takes place in this episode. Uh, but it uh, ends with with her with Sydney quitting, you know, putting Carmi in a bit of a bind at this point. And that's kind of where the episode ends. But just a really good episode. Yeah. Like I said, it's the one that has everybody talking. Yeah. And I was going to say, you could tell how hurt Marcus was, too, because I think it was the episode before that. Is that when Marcus, uh, his mixer blows up right. the, the breaker and he ends up, you know, he's all upset. And he ends up apologizing to Carmi says, I screwed up. I won't do it again. And Carmi is like, you will mess up, but right. you got to learn from it and move on, you right. know? And they had that great moment and where, you know, Carmi is actually mentoring him. And I just can't imagine, and you could just feel how Marcus is just so upset that like his mentor just destroyed him. Right. But we saw an earlier scene with the way that Joel McHale, who was Carmi's, uh, you know, chef that was training him, how he treated him. So right. we're really not surprised that he would, you know, uh, co- you know, go ahead and repeat this, this yeah. just toxic. Yeah. It's not surprising at all. It's because, I mean, it's just, you know, it's one of those things I was talking about, you know, you make them into some, because that, that's one of the things that Carmen wants to do. It's the reason why he's saying, yes, chef. Thank you, chef. And the reason he calls everybody chef, even though, you know, these people that he has inherited with this restaurant have never once thought of themselves as chef. The reason why he is insistent on calling them chefs is because it's a respect, it's a term of respect, and it's you know he wants that kitchen to be a, to be a kitchen that has respect for each other. But you know, so he's trying to elevate the situation around him, but it's just so difficult in the environment that he's in that it makes it almost impossible. And he succumbs on a few occasions, and this is the one where he does it the worst to that level of toxicity that's just been instilled into these people. And it's just hard, you know, they've spent the entire season doing their best to get away from it, but it's still going to come back because it's just such, it's so ingrained into them. Yeah. Uh, So episode eight is the longest episode. It was like 45 minutes long. And it's uh, what makes this episode really good is we really start to deal with some of the, the stuff that, Carmi's been dealing with. You know, we get this opening scene where he's at the AA because he had started attending AA, not because necessarily he's an addict, but because his brother was an addict. And that's the reason why he ends up killing himself. So he goes to AA and he speaks up and he gives this speech about his brother. And, you know, this is the first time we really see him talk about his brother. And it's just this really powerful scene. It really shows how good of an actor Jeremy Allen White actually is. Yeah, and let's shout out Molly Ringwald as the oh, AA right. leader. That, that, yeah. that was fantastic. But yeah, that was a seven-minute monologue. Mm-hmm. And he really talks about, you know, we, we get more backstory about how his brother led him to be the great chef he is. And let's just say he won a James Beard Award, which is the highest honor a chef can win. Right. And, you know, we find out he doesn't – he – Carmi loves the – loves the restaurant, but he's not sure that Mikey ever did. And so we, you know, I, I thought that was just such a powerful scene, the, the way he describes all that and, and how much resentment. And he just wonders, everyone loved his brother, but did his brother actually love him? Right. And that's, you know, that's a difficult thing for anybody to have to work through because obviously there were some, there were some difficulties between the two of them, you know, and the, the fact that, that Mikey never would let him work at the restaurant was such a was such a 
dividing point between the two of them because you know he wants to be a chef he wants to cook he wants to do all those things and his brother you know has a restaurant and he wouldn't let him do it so there's so much resentment there there's so much difficulty and so much pain there uh that's just compounding the pain of having lost your like your brother and you know you just wonder if you know what would it have been like and the other thing he's dealing with is because you know he didn't see this coming he didn't realize that his brother was on this was on this path towards killing himself and he didn't see it coming and you know i think he asked it was richie that he asked you know did you did you see the company and he's like yeah you, you can't or, or he was in such a bad place that he was an addict or whatever and richie's like yeah how could you not i mean that's yeah. and that's one of those difficult things when you when you your your brother you can't see those difficulties that he's having but other people can that's just a difficult thing to have to learn with and live with uh, for the rest of your life yeah yeah that was that was something and then that leads to the uh bachelor party which leads to oh, yeah. richie going down a, a dark path yeah so th- i'm glad you brought that up so let's go ahead and bring that up real quick so the bachelor party basically uh uncle jimmy has uh told them they have to close down because they he's bringing this bachelor party into the restaurant and you know richie and carmy they're outside talking they're kind of bonding having you know yeah. uh, having having some good moments together and as they're talking uh some things start to happen inside you can tell there's a fight go, about to break out so richie and carmy go into it uh richie gets in there uh and he ends up punching a guy but he knocks him out cold and you know at this point you're not sure if the guy's going to make it and it's a big thing because you know if he doesn't make it he's going to get charged with manslaughter uh but if he does wake up then it's probably just going to be aggravated assault. So he's sitting there in jail and he calls his, his ex-wife, uh, you know, and apologizes to her. And then we start to finally see some growth from Richie at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It was, the call was just incredible. Listen to him. Cause he really had regret and he felt bad. And then when he sees that Carmi, when, when we find out the guy is awoke and, and so he won't be charged the manslaughter, he, he sees Carmi has waited on him. And then they had that nice moment on the way back. And, and he tells Carmi, he's like, you're all I got cousin. Right. Uh, don't, don't, don't give up on me. And it was, it was really a nice moment. Yeah, I was. I have not seen the actor who plays him, even Moss uh, Backrock. Uh, well, didn't you watch The Punisher? Oh, that's right. He was in The Punisher. No, I, I watched uh, the only. I, that's one of the few Marvel shows I did not get through on uh, Netflix. Marvel shows I didn't get through. I didn't get through uh, The Punisher, but I know he was in that. Yeah, uh, he was, and that's how Bernthal got in this. Yeah, they became buddies. The I watched the dropout and I remembered what party plays because he plays the journalist who breaks the story of, of the dropout. And interesting enough, his character is similar to Sydney that he's, he thinks he has this story ready and mm-hmm. his editor's like, no, you don't, you got to keep working on it. And, and he was like, no, no, it's ready. So he keeps working on it ends up breaking the story. But yeah, uh, he, he was just incredible. Th- this is, I would say Jeremy Allen White, Io Atterbury, and Ebony Moss Bacharach, their career is about to take off. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I think this show is going to do wonders for them. And they just, as you told me this afternoon, they've renewed this for a second season, so they'll have a, they'll have a chance to really build upon yeah. what they started in season one into season two. Um, but obviously, you know, things kind of start to calm down they start going towards the re- towards the end of the season you, i didn't really know where it was going towards the end of this uh when they get back to the restaurant 
Richie had found this letter earlier behind the lockers that Mikey had left for Carmi, but he was mad at him at the time, so he put the letter back and didn't show it to Carmi. But this time he goes ahead and gives it to him because because Carmi's kind of in a bad place. He's not he, he's struggling and he he wants to kind of repay him for you know being there for him, bailing him out of jail, doing all those things. Uh, so he he gives him the letter and you know. On the the letter isn't much of anything, uh, but you know it's just I know it's ended with let it rip, and it's got the yeah. it's got the it's got the recipe for the family spaghetti that is such a was such a part of the restaurant before Carmen took over, and Carmen didn't want to do it because he didn't know how to make it, and you know it's one of those things that you, you would think you know he should be able to make this spaghetti, but he just had the recipe, so he didn't know what he was how to how to actually make it. But it starts to pay off a lot of things at this point. It pays off the fact that that Carmi didn't want to make the spaghetti at the beginning of the of the, of the season. It pays that off. Then you have see throughout the course of the season, you see those KBL uh, payments, KBL electric payments that he had been putting down in, in the the in the record books uh, when they were doing when they were doing the the restaurants finances. You see all those KBL electric deposits. You really don't know what those are. He doesn't know what they are. Um, and he also didn't understand why Carmi would – I'm sorry, why Mikey would never buy larger version, larger <laughs> cans of tomatoes. He's trying to figure out that because he's like it saved a lot of money, and uh, Mikey was always saying, well, it tastes better. So it starts to pay off a lot of things all at once. Yeah, yeah, it really did. And, you know, all of a sudden the money starts coming out, and when he realizes what has happened, I just love his reaction, like, cousin, come here. <laughs> and then he calls everyone. And uh, Marcus has come back. Yes, Marcus has come back, and as right as they're as they're gotten probably as they opened up probably forty or fifty of these cans, you know they got all this cash just sitting in the middle of the floor, and that's when Sydney walks back in, and you know you can tell that they're they're going to resolve their issues, they're going to they're going to come together, and things are going to be better. But it's just a really good ending because you know a lot of the final financial problems that they've had. They're they're going to be able to get away. I was a little confused at first when I read this because I thought, oh, this is what a great ending is. I want want to go kind of read some recaps and some reviews, and I saw somebody say that this was the cash that he borrowed from Uncle uh, Uncle Jimmy. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. That's not the case. I think whoever wrote that recap didn't know what they're talking about uh, because, like, why would you borrow it just to put it in cans? Yeah, that wouldn't yeah. make any sense. Well, I loved uh, how Richie was the one when and. Carmi had sent uh, Sydney a text earlier that said, hey, your dish is missing acid. And uh, he ends up apologizing. She goes off and said, you're right. But I like how when she comes back and she's standing there and and Carmi doesn't know what to say. But of course, it's Richie. He's like, why don't you stop standing there and get to work? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then she comes on. And uh, it's just just a great ending. And then you see them, you see Carmi and... And Sydney decide on, yeah, we're going to do it right this time. And uh, I just love the ending when you see them having the 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 family, right. the family dinner, and then you see that they're they're changing the name to the bear. I don't know, man. I got chills because I was yeah, I like, thought it was good. It was it was really good. It was uh, so good. All right. Uh, anything else you want to talk about for do rewards? Oh, let me see. I thought there was one more. Oh, I read where they actually had family dinner. Oh, did the cast uh, okay, that's a, a couple times a week? So I thought that was that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that that is cool. I didn't realize that. And I haven't done a whole ton of research into the show. I just looked up some of the stuff on the actors and stuff. But just a really good show. Uh, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Like I said, 
there is some difficulty in watching it just because, like I said, there is so much I, I've. I can relate to this show a lot. Now, some, and it can make it somewhat, somewhat of a difficult show uh, to get through it at times because of that, but it's still just a really, really good show. Well, it's a lot of chaos and it can make you anxious. Yeah, it, it does. And it can, <laughs> there were many yeah. times it made me anxious. Yeah. So. Uh, all right. So let's go ahead and get into our awards to start our awards. We have six awards that we give out based on the six characters of friends. Our first award we give out is the Rachel, which is the star of the show. Who is your Rachel for, for the bear? I went with three people that we've been talking about the most. Carmi, Richie and Sydney. This show all three of them, it doesn't it doesn't go to the heights it does without three of them nailing their parts. Okay, I just went with Carmi. Uh, but yeah, I can see why you, you go with all three of them. But yeah, I just went with Carmi just because I think, I mean, he is the bear and this is about, this show is called yeah. the bear. So uh, he, he's really good. I was really impressed by what he was doing, especially, like I said, this is really my first, this is my first real experience with most of these actors, if not all. Yeah. And I thought he yeah. was great. All right, next is the Joey, the character that isn't the best character or the star of the show, but just somebody you liked a lot. Who is your who is your Joey? I went with Lionel Boyce as uh, as Marcus. I, I thought just a fantastic character. Yeah, he was good. I liked him. This is where I went with Sydney. Uh, Ayo Edabiri as Sydney. Uh, I went with her as my as my Joey. I thought he, she was really great. Uh, loved her, to say the least. Uh, loved all this cast, but you know, yeah. she was spectacular. Next is the Chandler, the person who made you laugh the most. Who is your Chandler for the bear? Well, my guess is you well, you went with uh, Richie here. Yeah, this is where I went with Richie. <laughs> I went with uh, with Feck, uh, Matty Mess. Uh, yeah, he's I, good. <laughs> I, I thought he was really funny, especially with him and Richie, and then just his little fixes. For He had a fix for everything. I, I just, yeah. <laughs> I, I found that very humorous. Yeah, I thought so, too. Uh, all right, next is the... The Phoebe, the person who is kind of the oddball of the cast, who'd you go with for your Phoebe for the bear? I went with uh, Tina. Also, just because, like, you just didn't know, like, Phoebe's all over the place. Tina was all over the place. Right. And so that's uh, that's why I went with Tina there. I went with Tina just because of the fact that she was occasionally pretend like she didn't understand English. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Dude. That was Those were some great scenes where she would act like she couldn't speak English, yeah. Uh, next is the Monica, a character that plays a pivotal role in the show. Maybe not the best character, but just a character that has a pivotal role nonetheless. Who is your Monica? I went with John Berthold's Mikey because he just hovers over the whole show. Yeah, that's good. That's a good point. I, I, I can, I can see you going with that. Uh, I ended up going with Sugar, uh, yeah. Abby Elliott, uh, as my Monica for this one. I thought she was just such a critical part to keeping carving on task and just kind of keeping his eyes on the prize for the most part. So that's it where I went with it. Next is, and last but not least is the Ross, the least favorite character of the show. Who was your, who was your Ross for the first season of the bear? I went with Joe McHale as the chef because the day one, he was horrible. Yes, and he just was. The, the damage he's done has did leads to all of a lot of Carmen's problems. Yeah, and that's where I went as well because he was he was pretty awful. <laughs> so, yeah. so, uh, so we're, we're a lot of lot of agreement on yeah. on these for the most part. So, all right, uh, rating we give a rating for every season of a show that has wrapped up for the bear. Uh, we would give it either a Game of Thrones, which is the top of the list. Uh, beneath the Game of Thrones is Lost. Middle of the Road for us is Friends. 
Beneath Friends is a full house. At the bottom of the barrel is a Baywatch. So where are you on the bear for your rating? I went with Game of Thrones. I thought this was just an incredible show. One of the best endings I've seen. I was like, man, if they don't get another season, this is perfect. But I'm glad they're getting more. Yeah, I'm going with a very, very strong Lost, uh, just because it was so difficult to watch at times. Uh, Just some of the tension and some of the, just like I said, I was so uncomfortable at times watching it. It leaves me, like I said, they want you to do that, so that's kind of part of the issue. But like I said, it just makes it, it makes it a difficult watch at times, so therefore I'm giving it uh, a Lost. Uh, But like I said, it's still just a great show. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, season two whenever it should come out. Look, they don't build sets for this. This was done in a restaurant. It was done in an actual kitchen. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if they have a pretty quick turnaround on the second yeah. season of this. Yeah, so, I was going to uh, say, I bet, I bet we get this next year. Yeah, yeah, we'll probably get this about the same time as this year uh, as we yeah. get this one in 2023. So it wouldn't surprise me in the least if that was the case. So, all right. So this is our midweek episode. Uh, what is, we like to do recommendations to, or not recommendations, we like to do things that we're looking forward to in our second episode of the week. So what are the, some things you're looking forward to this week? Well, so this was a comedy on FX, and I'm looking forward to two comedies that are about to come out. Actually, one is coming out this week, What We Do in the Shadows and Reservation Dogs. Oh, and they're, they're both coming back, coming okay. out very soon, and uh, they're both great, uh, very funny, and just enjoyable shows. You can't go wrong with either. And the interesting thing, FX stuff is on Hulu, so you have yeah, a is. couple of options to watch them. Yeah, um, FX is kind of weird because some of the stuff they have just on Hulu, some of it's on their actual network. It's yeah. it's kind of weird, but I mean, you can almost, I mean, if you have Hulu, you'll always be able to find it. So yeah. that's, it's always there for you. Uh, thing I'm looking forward to, something you mentioned last week that I never saw the trailer for, but I saw it uh, after you mentioned it. That is The Gray Man. It comes out on Friday on Netflix. Look, I don't always look forward to a lot of Netflix movies, but this one looks really, really good. Yeah, it does. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, it's got uh, Ryan Gosling. It's got Chris Evans. It's got Anna DeArmas, uh, just Billy a, Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton. Look, I can't wait to see Chris Evans in that mustache. I know, yeah. That's <laughs> such an awful mustache, but it's going. To, I think it's going to be really Kind of looking year. like Rooster and Goose from uh, Top Gun. Yeah, it, it kind of does. So, yeah. uh, like I said, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. I'll be. Uh, it's really interesting. Chris Evans. Uh, he hasn't done a whole lot since. Uh, his time as Captain America has wrapped up. But the two things that kind of stand out the most, I think, now are uh, what knives out, knives out, which he was the bad guy, and yeah. it's like the, way the bad guy here. It's like he's really yeah. saying, I- "I'm going to yeah. get away from my from my right. past as as Captain America," which is like the goody two shoes of of Marvel. And, so. and he looked kind of scummy and knives uh, out, so he's really going for that as well. Yes, he is. So, uh, like I said, just I-, I can't wait to see that. It looks really good. Uh, yeah. Who knows? But we may end up recovering here. Who knows? Oh yeah, yeah maybe so. so. We'll, we'll see, just kind of after we both watch it, we'll, t- we'll take a look at it and see if we want to bring it to the show. But speaking of what's coming to the show, next week on the Main Attraction podcast, uh, we will be recording on Saturday night uh, because as Ryan is getting back from vacation on Friday, I'll be heading off to Biloxi for a conference on Sunday. So we're, we're going to cram our recording session in on Saturday of next week. Uh, we will be discussing two shows as always. We will be discussing The Old Man, which is also on Hulu. So if yeah. you this one you should be able to see that one 
I can't wait to talk about that because that's just an, a, a phenomenal show. It is yeah. the first. You should, by the time you're listening to this, the first six episodes will be out. The seventh episode will air on Friday. Uh, so make sure you check out it. And our midweek episode is our Patreon pick. Uh, we will be reviewing Miss Marvel. Uh, we'll be discussing all six episodes as it is wrapping, uh, as it just actually wrapped up. In the, and no spoilers, but there's a pretty big reveal at the end of Marvel, oh, Marvel I'm, episode six. So, I'm, uh, I'm, on, I'm on episode five now, so I'm looking forward to that. And I'm, I'm enjoying that show. I wouldn't have thought I would enjoy it a show about a teenage girl so much but it's it's fantastic it, it really is good I've, I've been surprised how good it is so i can't wait to talk about that uh we will be discussing all of that next week when you guys come back to us so uh anything else you want to add before we head off into sunset i uh, appreciate everyone joining us and we'll talk to you next time i will echo those same sentences